Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Irok the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Imagine you're peckish. There's nothing in the fridge, but it's lashing outside. You don't want to go to the supermarket, and ordering your regular takeout will take ages. Now imagine a different scenario. You order a takeout, and it arrives in 10 minutes. Why? Because it skipped the roads and came instead by drone. That's an option that the residents of Oranmore and Galway, Moneygall in Offaly, and from next week, Balbriggan in County Dublin, will have had because Irish company Mana Aero has been delivering coffee, fast food, medicine and other things with drones in under 10 minutes to those communities. It says it wants to expand to dozens of towns by the end of next year. So is this the future? Is it safe? Will it be allowed to go national and maybe international? I'm Adrian Weckler, and joining me this week from the Web Summit in Lisbon is Mana Aero founder and CEO Bobby Healy. So, Bobby Healy, what do people mostly order? Um, so, they order a wide range of things. Uh, the most popular thing they order is actually coffee, hot coffee, um, cappuccino, latte, you name it. And interestingly, they spend a lot more when they're ordering by drone than when they're not ordering by drone. So like our average order value is more than twice what it would be at the cafe, which is interesting. Then pharmacy is popular, so you know, over-the-counter meds, the usual stuff like that. Um, and then we have a spread, like we have 25 different local vendors in Ornmore, and there's a spread across them all, but mm. definitely the most popular is that we've the two main coffee shops there, and that's you know more than half the business. Mm. And what's the waiter size limit for an order? Current order? aircraft two kilos and size is about fifteen thousand cubic centimeters. So I think shoebox uh, or you know a meal for three or four people mm. takeaway. And new aircraft is twice that, so it's thirty thousand cubic centimeters and about fifty percent more weight. So three kilos, thirty thousand cubic centimeters. So, it re- like out of the nineteen thousand products in Tesco, we'll be able to fly sixteen thousand of them. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you now you now have a meal for four or five. Yeah, a takeaway. Yeah. Okay, to be like the the thing is, you know, I know this sounds mad. It's not very techy, but your typical Chinese or Indian meal is the heaviest meal you'll get is eight or nine hundred grams. So you need the three, full three kilos to be able to take three or four of those meals. Yeah, and what's the range in kilometers, typically? Aircraft will fly about 20 kilometers uninterrupted. Um, so you have that for safety, just have it straight away. And then you take a little bit off for winds. So we, we'll fly today in about, you know, gusting to 12 meters per second, so about 40 kilometers an hour wind. And that has to come straight off your equation. So. Therefore, practically, I think would be a three to five kilometer radius. That'll be the limit. 
Okay, so in Metairn terms, what does that mean you can fly in? If they say it's going to be unsettled weather with winds... Beaufort scale six, um, which everyone knows, right? <laughs> it's uh, strong winds, I think, is the technical term for yeah. it. Yeah, so it's, uh, you'll go out and your hair will be a mess and you won't be wanting to go out, but we, we can fly. The limit isn't the handling of the aircraft. The limit, there's two limits. One is energy, the pure energy used to fight strong winds. And because we're, you know, safety first, we have to assume that the wind will change direction when we're at our furthest point out and we have to fly into the strongest possible wind. So you, re you have to be just really conservative. Uh, so that's one thing. And then the other thing is we, we drop the, or we winch down from 15 meters. So it takes about six seconds for the bag to get out on, onto the ground. The, a strong wind will blow the bag sideways, which is fine. It, it lands fine, coffee's not spilt, etc. But it means we need a wider space. So we might, you know, right now we ask our customers to have two meter diameter flat inanimate area. And that, you know, in strong winds, they just need to have a little bit more. And that's, but it, pra practically speaking, we think we have deliverability to 70, maybe 80% of Irish homes without a, without a hitch. And how often do you find that the likes of wind might actually disrupt uh, del potential delivery? T today, because we're quite conservative, we lose 20% availability just because we're operating really conservative. Um, when we go to Balbriggan, we think we'll get about 95% availability uh, with ba based on the wind data from Medair. Because it's calmer. It's a little bit calmer, but also it's much shorter range. So Balbriggan is much more compressed. So it's only a two kilometer radius that we need to operate. So the energy equation works really well. It's a little bit, it's, it's a little bit calmer. It's still on the coast. So it's just, you know, it's windy, mm. it's Ireland, mm. um, but it's great because we can hit 95% easily with our current aircraft. And then our new aircraft is just way more capable, way more energy. The, bat the battery alone is seven kilograms on our new, on our new aircraft. So tons of energy, tons of handling. And so we want to get to about 99% of Irish weather, which means that w we can go anywhere in the world. Mm. You know, it's not by choice, of course, that we're starting off in the hardest country in the world, but it's a, it's, you know, it's a good exercise. So for the likes of rain, for example, that's okay. Yeah, rain's fine. Uh, we d in Ormore, we don't fly in rain. But we will in, in Balbriggan, we will. Uh, rain, rain's no big deal. It doesn't really affect much. The things that affect us today are fog because our old aircraft uses LIDAR for altitude. And um, when it comes into deliver, and LIDAR is a mess in fog. And of course, Oran Moore has, you know, everything you can want in the weather you get in Oran Moore. So new aircraft uses radar and, and scanning LIDAR, so it won't, it won't be affected by fog. So. You know, the, the, the only thing that will affect us is what you would call a gale force wind and that'll, we won't fly in a gale force wind and in, in slightly below that we'll maybe shrink the radius so we might go from three to five kilometres down to two to three kilometres so live close to one of our ports. Right, okay, and the plan is to have as many ports as you can. Yeah, like if things are going well, if, Bal if we're happy with Balbriggan, you know, we'll run it through six, six months probably we're happy with that, you know, no wrinkles and everything's going according to plan. You know, we'd like to spread it out all over Ireland. Um, there's no reason we couldn't look at the top, say, 20 or 30 large towns and deploy the system there. Um, and that's, that's currently the thinking. So one of the big questions uh, that always pops up in this conversation is safety. Mm. Um, right now, to date, have there been any accidents? Nope. Uh, we have 75,000 flights on the clock. Um, we've had what I would call, well, I wouldn't call them incidents, but we've had 
failures of components. So we've lost motors, we've lost props, we've lost batteries, we've lost GPS. Everything that can break, we've broken. And it's not because things break that often, but we, we kind of intentionally letting motors go. Uh, and and in, in our test, we've got a bog in Offaly that we do a lot of testing in. So we've had all sorts of unexpected things happen and, and no issues. But 75,000 flights sounds like a lot. It's not. You know, we, we won't be comfortable until we have a million flights on the clock, uneventful flights. And our new facility that we have will let us do about 3,000 flights a week in test flights, but they're same as real flights. And that'll kind of harden the product and have it, have it ready. But you're right, safety is all that really that matters right now. It's not, noise isn't an issue for us. Privacy is obviously not because we have no data. Safety is the one that this industry can shoot itself in the foot day one or it can go conservatively and not race. And so this, you know, if you look at us, we're in one little town of 10,000 people now and, you know, we're, we're taking it very slowly and, and the same in in Balbriggan, we'll be flying very conservative setup. And I think it's gonna take us, you know, we, best case at the start of 2023, we'll be ready to scale. You know, so it's not, it's not your typical tech business. We're like, we'll be at that stage four and a half years mm. preparing the product. I'm gonna ask you about that in, in a second, but just on the safety thing, isn't it an inevitable that at some point, just logically, mm. one will crash? 100%, yeah, yeah. Um, so the way, the, the target number is 10 to the minus 9, which is, you know, commercial aviation levels of, of safety. But we'll be flying a lot more than commercial aviation. So we're going to be doing a million, 10 million flights a day at, at scale. If this industry is successful, the numbers are just so much more. And also the, the aircraft systems, you know, you're working with electric motors. They're not as reliable as jet engines, obviously. So you have redundancy. You're working with battery chemistry. So at a million flights a day, for example, how many crashes does that actually well, So the way to? you model it is, you want 10 to the minus seven of catastrophic failures. And that is where something or multiple things happen such that you lose control of the aircraft and it's going to hit the ground. But then you have a parachute. So we have an independent parachute. It's a pyrotechnic powered parachute. It's got its own processor, its own power. And the parachute should save you you know, 99 out of 100 times, the parachute should stop you hitting the ground. So that takes you down, if you use the calculations and the figures that you've been using, that takes you to... You get an extra two zeros. Okay, so yeah. out of a million or out of 10 million flights then, how many actually hit the ground? Oh, we'd like to think no flights hit the yeah. ground. Yeah. And you don't measure it that way, you measure it in hours of operation. Right. So I, same I know, as aviation. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, but inevitably, I'm thinking at some point in the future, whether it's you or another company, yeah. there is going to be an incident or a crash. Yeah. And I'm trying to think ahead. What is the conversation we have at that point when, yeah. I'll say, that happens? It's, not, it's probably not terribly like autonomous driving, hmm. where there's, there's no license to have an accident. Even if the net result is you're saving people, you're saving hmm. delivery drivers, all those accidents that happen delivering produce. Um, it's definitely a net saver of, of people, but you don't get to have that crash and escape without a lot of explanation. So um, when it happens, I think, well, there's one thing about crashing into the ground. There's other thing about hitting a person on the right. ground, right? So you design an aircraft, like our new aircraft is made out of foam, right? so it's carbon, but it's wrapped in foam. So you, you do all these things at the aircraft to minimize 
all of those horrible things that might happen. Um, but but you start off you start off with a product that's regulated, where EASA in in our case the European uh, Agency give us essentially a type cert on the aircraft that, that says that it's a third party that's audited your systems, your production, all of those things that get you to that magic number of one, basically one in a, in a hundred billion hours of flight, you're going to kill somebody. You know, that's kind of the way commercial, if you look at, you know, Boeing or Airbus. I think we all know that, you yeah. know, instinctively. We know that cars, for example, one of the price for having a car mm. is that there are going to be a certain amount of fatalities every yeah. year. That is a fact of life. We try to minimize that number. I'm, yeah. I, I'm wondering, are we ready for that conversation? Because drone deliveries. It's different for new... drones. Okay. Because you chose to get in your car, you chose to walk across the road. Right. You choose that. You're an involved person. If you're in well, your you backyard. Well, you might be a bystander that's hit by a car. Yeah, true. That's true. Um, but you're still. It's your choice to be on the road, crossing the road, right? right? Or an uh, engine could fall down from a plane into your house. Or an engine plane, all sorts of things, right? But everyone, in the case of drones, literally have the entire community there uninvolved, mm -hmm. didn't mm -hmm. ask for the drone to come to them, but the drone's on their way to, you know, Aiden's house. Mm -hmm. And you're flying over all these people. So it's, it's, it's different because, you know, everyone underneath is uninvolved. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it's a, you're, you're asked to get to a higher level of... of being conservative, being safe, and it, it's a it's the most difficult engineering problem you could possibly solve because it's you know it's one part engineering, it's one part governance, it's one part process. You know, there's all these things that don't belong in a tech company that are really difficult and expensive to get right. So the conversation that is had, if and when that happens, is probably going to involve the licensing regulator as much as it will an individual company. Yeah. Yeah, I think like the community, it, it's a collaborative thing. So the regulator wants to see what does the community think of this? And it's kind of, they want to know that people want this, right? And if something went wrong, they're going to ask the questions, okay, did it go wrong within understood constraints? And look, yes, this is the case that we expected to happen. And it's in the numbers, fine. But if something happened that, I don't know what happened, but if something happened that is outside of what we're permitted to do, that's on us, right? And we won't be flying anymore. Um, so I think the, the problem here is, and EAS are very good at this, as are the IAA, is understanding, look, this, it's not, we're not flying people around up in the sky, you know, and they're small objects, you know, they're 15 kilo objects, they're not big aircraft. So there's a kind of, a, it, I won't call it a gray area, but it's uncharted territory. So mm. they don't know how, they don't want to choke the industry with overregulation, but they also don't want anyone to get injured. So it's a kind of, I would describe our regulatory process as a collaboration with the regulator rather than being regulated. You know, so we sit down, we open up our systems and they've got, you know, guidance from EASA or FAA and it's a learning thing. And so long as there isn't one, what I would say, cowboy that goes too early with an aircraft that shouldn't be flown over people, then we should be okay, but commercial pressures are going to be there and someone is going to run fast. We're not going to. Uh, but my fear is only that, that somebody that has an aircraft that doesn't belong over people flies over people mm -hmm. commercially. And it may not be in Ireland, maybe in a market that has looser regulations, but that's going to hit the news and it won't be pretty. Have you heard the news? The Irish Independent has a new podcast. Thousands of people who work in the events industry are making more noise than ever 
But are they being listened to? 20 minutes, five days a week, the Indo-Daily takes you beyond the headlines and into Ireland's most talked about stories. Two gangs, 18 people killed, families torn apart. The Indo-Daily podcast, available on Spotify, Apple, independent.ie and wherever you get your podcasts. You mentioned noise earlier on and privacy, two things that you don't think will be um, a significant issue. Just on that, just to check them off, noise. Isn't there likely to be a bunch of people who just don't like the idea of walking Mm. out and the one thing that they had left that was unobstructed by man-made objects, the sky, (laughs) is now buzzing ahead with hundreds or maybe thousands um, of don'ts? And also, may they not fear that at some point it will be irresistible to monetize that sideways by putting cameras or, or maybe it might be mm-hmm. uh, authorities yeah. who try to license that. Well, I mean, and the privacy one's an easy one to answer. There's no world where you should be allowed to record anything when you're flying over communities. Well, you say that, but... Yeah, but the regulator's going to be... Legislation, regulation. Uh, I can't see a world for, where legislation or, or regulation will permit any of that. Well, wait till the Meta drones uh, get mm. up into the sky. They won't. They, uh, you know... Like if you think about it, like Wing, right? Yeah. Wing have a fantastic Google's drone. Alphabets. That's right. Yeah. Division. They, they're awesome product, awesome tech, and typically Google. You know, people are going to suspect them of recording everything and all this. But they're not. I know the Wing team. I know their hardware. They have no interest. They have sensors that look down, but it's all for safety. They don't record anything, and they're never going to because the FAA wouldn't let them fly anywhere. So that part, I think, even though people will suspect, they've nothing to fear. Uh, and you'll see with the new UTM and new, new space requirements and conspicuity, you know, customers on the ground are going to be able to see a drone, open up an app and say, who owns that drone? Mm. What's it doing? Where's it going? And give me all the information. I mean, if that level of interactivity is there to, to come at it from a different point of view, we're in a world at the moment that's being divided by, between the Americans and the Chinese for various reasons. We're seeing it happening with smartphones. We may see it happen in with the likes of drones if it becomes mm. a major uh, technology and a major consumer technology. Yep. The Chinese will certainly try. We have to no use Chinese that. products on our aircraft because we think that that's going to happen. I think the US are going to block all of it. Um, so, so I think that non-Chinese companies need to. I mean, let's face it, Chinese make it impossible for international companies to operate in China, and we should do the same. You know, mm. that's not a controversial viewpoint. Um, do you not think the Americans will at some point be tempted to do, maybe not go as extreme as the Chinese, but have something there that, as they would say, it protects their ability to defend their homeland? So right now, um, America blocks Irish companies from operating drone delivery services in America trade you know it's a trade technicality but we're not allowed to operate in the states and whereas american companies are allowed to operate in europe um and they will increase they, they will amp that up but i think they'll clarify it a bit more and it literally only be okay just not china that's what they're going to do mm. and certain other countries but from the point of view of the person who's obsessed with privacy That may be the case, that they may be comforted that there won't be Chinese surveillance going on. But just like we're seeing in the uh, discussions around high-risk vendors and telecoms, Mm -hmm. Ireland is due to publish list uh, on that soon. Most people, when you scratch below the surface, who feel this is important, when you actually scratch below the surface, they say is, we don't want Chinese firms surveilling us. We don't mind if American uh, companies surveil us. Um, I... I don't so think the there's any option. I don't think there's any world where the public should accept 
drones flying with recording equipment. No world, you know, unless you're filming a wedding or it's a journalist, it's a licensed operator of a drone where, where you have a particular remit that's documented. There's no world where you should be able to buy an aircraft like a DJI that can record 4K video and fly seven kilometers away. Mm. They shouldn't be available for sale. That's my view. So you think that regulatory bodies will be robust enough to protect us? Yes, they will. That? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay, great. In I hope so. Yeah. Uh, one of the other common questions sometimes comes up, are drones of this type, are they safe for wildlife such as birds? Yeah, um, we haven't had any incidents. Now, again, we only have 75,000 flights. Uh, and you've seen probably the alphabet, the wing, the, the raven. They're very proud of that. Um, they're very proud of that. I met the team last week. So right now, anyway, dr birds are not interested in drones. They know what drones are and they just fly away. But if you fly a tree level or below tree level mm -hmm. and they're nesting, some of them are going to come to your drone. That's not going to be a problem for the drone, but it's going to be a problem for the bird. So we don't fly below. We're going to change now to 30 meter altitude for delivery. And we think that that means that no birds will come near us and we won't annoy the birds. But for now, anyway, um, while we don't have the full evidence, I think we're going to be OK in that regard. A few last questions. How far do you think we are from this being legitimately available, you know, widely across Ireland? Um, well, Balbriggan next week. Mm -hmm. um, and I think if things go well, I would say there's a strong chance that most large towns in Ireland will have it by the end of 22. And that would be how many people, roughly, in terms of population? People. A million people. Mm -hmm. Okay, and typically your delivery area is, what, a few thousand people in those towns? So Balbriggan, no. for example. So Balbriggan is 35,000 people yeah. in 9,800 air codes. Mm -hmm. And if, it, if it's anything like Oran Moore, about 40% of the, of the homes use the service. So easy numbers, about 15,000 people regularly using the service. Okay, what do you need from regulatory authorities? In this case, I'm assuming it's the Irish Aviation Authority, maybe another to start operating commercially. At scale, we need UTM and Uspace implemented and you've seen uh, Dublin Airport just uh, start to use Altitude Angel. So honestly, Ireland, we're flying. We're, we're not in first place in Europe, but we're probably in second place. So we have everything we need here. If they could improve the weather, that would be better. So what's your understanding as to where the Irish Aviation Authority are in mm. terms of allowing you to do that, to go fully commercial here? So our LUC allows us to do what we're doing now anywhere in Ireland but we don't yet have type certification or it's called design verification on the aircraft that would let us fly without the observers. So we have the observers, we're happy to have the observers, but so another 12 months, maybe 18 months, um, but that's EASA, that's done out of Germany. So, you know, to be honest with you, there's nothing, we have everything we need um, and we don't need to go any faster than we're going. So I think we'll roll out across 2022 in Ireland and then we'll remove all the observers 23 onwards. Mm. And that's kind of then while we won't make money in 22, we start to become on a standalone basis profitable from 23 onwards. Have you had any objections in any of the areas of operation? In, in Ormore, we had two objections. What were they based um, on? Uh, noise. So it was one guy in a recording studio and it wasn't so much an objection. He just said, look, can you not fly over my house? And we just, you know, blocked his house, 100 meter radius around his house. 
and that was that. So it wasn't, we've had no complaints. We've had no, I hate this, I don't want it. And you'll have probably seen the complaints that Alphabet have gotten. They're a very noisy, small prop. Mm. We have a big prop that spins slowly. So we've no, no objections yet. Now, they, they'll come, they will come, but Orrin Moore loves us and uh, right now anyway, we have no issues. In time, what do you think drones are going to be used for other than deliveries? You mean human transport, for example? Yeah, they, they will be used for moving people around. I don't know if it's going to be intercity. So if you put it in the Irish context, it wouldn't be great to cross Dublin through Dublin traffic, you know, in a 10 minutes on an, on an aircraft, that would be really nice. Mm. But could it be done such as it could replace certain public transport? No, because there's too many people to move and, and these aircraft can only take two or three people tops. So Germany's where to look and think 50 to 100 kilometer range, really nice way, premium travel, it's replacing the helicopter. Um, but I think, I still think we have it right. I, I still think it's the boring everyday stuff that gets moved around millions of times a day will help local commerce, local communities, create jobs, help businesses. And it's, it's a boring, it's like moving cakes, coffees, pharmacies, just boring everyday things around will help everybody. And I think that's the use, the killer app for drones is actually that one. Okay. And lastly, um, you think this, you think this will be uh, this will take off in cities as well? It will take off in cities, but it, cities will require infrastructure on rooftops to allow delivery into tall buildings. But yeah, it'll take off everywhere, but first suburbs and rural. Okay, Bobby Healy, founder and CEO of Mana Aero. Thanks a million for talking to us today. And that's all we have time for this week, folks. So for me, Adrian Weckler, the tech editor of the Irish and Sunday Independent, I'll talk to you the same time next week. Bye-bye. Have you heard the news? The Irish Independent has a new podcast. We're not in the fairy tale business as journalists. We're in the truth business and the question would there. 20 minutes, five days a week, the Indo Daily takes you beyond the headlines and into Ireland's most talked about stories. So 25 years on, people are absolutely fascinated again with this case. The Indo Daily podcast, available on Spotify, Apple, independent.ie and wherever you get your podcasts.